Good morning. You're listening to Drinking Socially, the official Untapped podcast. Your inside look into what's happening in the Untapped community and the world of beer. I'm John, and it is the season, um, with the pumpkin season anyways. We asked, and, and you guys answered on social media with some of your own favorite beers involving pumpkin, and the time is here. We know it's kind of become its own season in the beer world, and Harrison and I are going to drink, taste, and talk about three different versions of a gourd beer. Pumpkin bread, pumpkin muffins, pumpkin coffee, pumpkin candles, pumpkin pop-tarts, pumpkin waffles, pumpkin pants, pumpkin cars. That's just a small (laughs) list of some of the pumpkin things I've experienced or at least thought about this month, Uh, and I'm excited to finally add beer to that list. But first... Drinking Socially is released every other Wednesday morning. It can be be found at podcast at untap.com. Or wherever you listen to podcasts normally. Right. All right. So let's let's do it, John. Let's dive into these things. We're starting by cracking open uh, a brand new one here for Mm -hmm. this season. Uh, This beer comes from Sycamore Brewing out of North Carolina. They've certainly made a name for themselves. They're about to release their own cold-brewed coffee in cans. And I think this beer is kind of the first chance we get a a taste of it. Um, It's a Blondale with coffee and spices. Harrison uh, picked this up actually at one of his favorite bottle shops. Harrison, do you mind kind of elaborating a little bit on the specs for this one? Sure, yeah, of course. So it's looking like, so yeah, Blondale, it's 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 the their pumpkin latte blondes. I'm going to assume there's some lactose in here. Ooh, there it goes. Every time, excited to join the podcast. That beer, it's just like a Gallagher concert in here or a show, whatever you would call it. Anyway, um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, and it has Beach Shack coffee in it, which is, uh, according to a recent uh, release from the Charlotte Agenda, a um, a new kind of coffee brand, Sycamore Brewing, is releasing some cold brew coffee. So this, yeah, has um, cold brew coffee in it as well as pumpkin spices, some vanilla. Makes um, me excited. It's pouring out a nice kind of blonde, as you would imagine, a little bit darker more of an amber color uh out of a nice 16 ounce can crystal clear can see right through see mostly not throwing not throwing much haze but uh, it's got some color to it sure if it were darker in this room you could tell me it was uh it was an amber but Mm -hmm. the smell as soon as i started pouring it and wiping it off my hands (laughs) fills the room all right, cool. Let's check this out. Ooh, it's hard to smell. It's hard to smell whether I'm getting coffee or pumpkin. There's a really good nose on. This I was going to say it smells like a Barnes and Noble at this time of year with the coffee and the yes. pumpkin happening. Yes, any the, of you shopping in October for books probably mm-hmm. have smelled this beer right. before yeah. unknowingly. Right, bring a beer with you next time as you're shopping in that bookstore. Ooh, oh wow. Cool. Okay. So we wanted to kind of do something, be very conscious with this beer style and that, you know, a lot of times you hear pumpkin beer and it's an amber ale with some, you know, spices in it and that's it. And everyone has their kind of version of that. And today we're drinking very, three very different kinds of pumpkin beer and having some coffee in it, of course, because it's a, it's a cool style that I think um, a lot of breweries are um, just like a lot of other styles kind of taking their own twist on. Coffee being one um, combined with it that uh, we've seen more often. So this is this is cool as heck. It tastes like a. It really. I mean, the nose is impressive. It's so. I'm gonna I'm gonna open by saying that I'm 
not just trying to be, but I kind of am uh, of the school that not everything needs to be pumpkined this time of mm. year. Mm-hmm. I'm probably less excited about a pumpkin latte at my typical coffee store. I don't have pumpkin candles in the house, though. <laughs> Ashley, my wife, if you're listening, <laughs> you're probably going to tell me that's a lie or they're on the way. Um, but so typically, I'm not, uh, I'm, pumpkin beers are not uh, the most exciting time of year for me. But viewing this subjectively, there's, this beer is sweeter than I would like mm. some of my beers to be. Yeah, the vanilla jumps right out too. And it's, I mean, so like anytime you brew a blonde ale, it's almost a battle. And, and that, because it's just such a, there's just not much to the beer. And that's the point. It's supposed to be easy drinking. So sometimes you add a lot of stuff to it. The balance is a hard thing to achieve. I will say though that what I was worried about, which I've seen before, in coffee blonde ales, so forget the pumpkin for a minute, is it being like way too coffee for it? And because the blonde ales can be really thin and light, it being like just like a weird bitter, like from the coffee kind of experience where you don't really know what it's supposed to taste like. I get none of this, and it's probably due to the fact that it's a cold brew and there's probably not much bitterness at all in the coffee that gets entered and, you know, added to this beer. Um, it is, you know, there is definitely that sweet note to it. There's but it's for me not too cloying. It's about five and a half percent, five point five percent, classified as a blonde ale. The nose is most impressive though, because it really does like slam. It's like a, it just feels like a college bookstore to me right now. Honestly, going back for a couple of sips as I'm listening to Harrison kind of take it apart, uh, both flavor and aroma. The vanilla that's that's for me. That's the flavor that I don't expect. Yeah. First in a, in a, in a coffee, sorry, in a pumpkin beer. Coffee pumpkin Um, beer. Yeah. (laughs) The coffee, I think you nailed it, right? I remember a couple of years ago tasting a lot of coffee IPAs and wondering what was happening. Right. The coffee in this beer, the cold brew, Mm -hmm. I'm going to say that helps out so much because it's almost like I'm walking by coffee, but I'm not drowning in it in this beer. Yes. I love that. And the pumpkin, for me, it, was, it kind of reminds me more of like a pumpkin pie, yeah. the spice. I don't get, I don't even know what pumpkin tastes like, honestly, right. outside no of does. cinnamon, right. brown sugar, and <laughs> no, nutmeg. Right. No one knows what uh, just pumpkin tastes like. But it's, it, this is, it's not a beer I could see myself crushing a six-pack of, but this is, honestly, the more I'm drinking it, I appreciate the amount of balance, uh, thoughtfulness, science that went into this. Yeah. Yeah, that too. And um, what was I going to say? Yeah. So, I mean, it's such, again, it's such a difficult style to make. And yeah, so, but it's very smooth. And I'm I'm going to take back what I said before. There's probably no lactose near at all. I was half expecting like a hazy kind of blonde experience With the latte. Here. Yeah. The latte in the name. But I think in this case, just referring to the coffee that's added, which is indeed a cold brew, which, yeah, adds a nice smoothness to it. And again, yeah, five and a half percent. So you can you could you could enjoy a few of these. It is the vanilla is pretty powerful, but I'm kind of hoping that as it warms up a, a tad in our hands here, it'll do some things, do some do some magic, some science as I cup it and hold it close. So true. One of the <laughs> easiest ways to get two beers for the price of one is to drink half of it while it's really cold out of the fridge and drink the other half after you've warmed it up, uh, hopefully through a glass, not in the microwave. Right. But Don't do that. Well, um, honestly, <laughs> drinking this beer, um, so the 
for me, it's I, I get more vanilla than coffee or pumpkin, mm-hmm. and I'm totally fine with yeah. that. There's yeah. I love a, vanilla, a smoky vanilla beer. Mm-hmm. Uh, makes me think of cold weather. Mm-hmm. And this beer, as I'm drinking it, it really makes me want to try baking or cooking with it. Yeah, um, I wouldn't do. I, I maybe not jump to like a, a typical beer chili, but putting this almost in like a in a in some sort of dessert. Um, I feel like this would lend itself well to brownies. Mm-hmm. Is that possible? Yeah, brownies, pumpkin pie, some blondies, some pumpkin blondies with this maybe on the lighter side. Let it stand out. Yeah, and that's a good point you made earlier, John, about how like pump- pumpkin itself isn't very flavorful. And that's the kind of the conversation no one's having is that like, yes, these beers are like pumpkin spice beers is what we're going after. Like if we just had a pumpkin beer, which is how George Washington made it, which is a pumpkin. It, it really it wouldn't impart a ton of pumpkin as we think of it pumpkin flavor which is more like brown sugar cinnamon allspice nutmeg so true go home and open a a can of pumpkin or wherever wherever you get your (laughs) pumpkin and i think it's pretty easy to realize it's not uh it's not not the most flavorful fruit gourd we'll just call it a gourd well played it's a starch we'll just Um, (laughs) right but I was uh, I was talking with Harrison as we we're kind of planning this episode, and you kind of allude to it with George Washington and some of the more yeah. colonial traditional right. brewers of yesteryear, or at least yeah. a couple hundred years ago, mm-hmm. where pumpkin would often just get used as a malt substitute. Yeah. Um, yep. So you know you have it on hand. I think this is the best. Some of the best recipes in life. Mm-hmm. I, ha- I happen to have chocolate chips and and biscuits, so I made cookies. Yep, exactly. Right, right. Yeah, like you use what you have on hand, and there were no kind of hard in the states or the colonies back then. There were no like you know no purity laws. You kind of could make your beer with whatever you liked. George Washington used a lot of spruce in his beers. Also, like hops weren't very prevalent. So we would use spruce as that like actually a, sounds really good. And yeah, Yard still makes his. I think it's it might be Thomas. They have a whole like Ales of the Revolution series, which is really cool, where they're based off of all of um, kind of the founding fathers' recipes. So you have Thomas Jefferson's Tavern Ale, which is a strong golden ale. George Washington's Tavern Porter, um, R- Poor Richard's Tavern Spruce Ale. That's one I was just talking about. But yeah, like so, not just pumpkin to replace malt, but spruce to replace spice. Bay leaves used to be used a lot to replace or replace hops rather, and bay leaves as well. So yeah, kind of using what you had. There were no hard and fast rules, but like everyone kind of made their own beer, and um, you know, like most of the time, weren't going to like a brewery to go drink it. They were making it themselves, kind of as part of having a farm and. You know, being alive those days. Make your um, own gravy, make right. your own make it all, beer. Make your own no, butter. I'm I don't right. have to do either of those. <laughs> right. Someone else can do it for me. Um, but yeah, but pumpkin but, has always been there. Is like, you know, this time of year as it's harvested, it's a great thing to throw in a you know, a beer and uh, for the, the colder, because uh, it adds a little bit more sugar to it um, to turn it to alcohol. It, one thing I'm really grateful for, I mean, you mentioned spruce, and I'm really excited. I, I hope it probably exists um rogue uh we talked about john yep. mayer retiring yeah. rogue used to make a spruce ipa i mm. think it was or a mm-hmm. pale ale mm-hmm. um that i thought was incredible i'd love to see a pumpkin and spruce pumpkin pie and spruce or yeah but one of the things that i think is really exciting i, I alluded to earlier that pumpkin beer almost has its own season in you know in, in the brewery world yeah. now where almost almost every brewery i can think of produces one and mm-hmm. sometimes two or even more pumpkin beers right, right 
you know, we've seen sours and dark ones and, yeah. and blonde coffee ales mm-hmm. in this case. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, I think it's a really cool way to, pl- to take a style and, and, and give a few different iterations of it with not all of them having to be the same. And that's one of my favorite things. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's one of those, the first kind of, uh, yeah, styles of beer that everyone said, I'm going to do my own version of this. Um, and, kind of set myself apart with my pumpkin beer. And one of the beers we're going to have today really kind of built the whole brewery's, kind of launched the brewery itself from a regional brewery to the one on everyone's bucket list. I'm sure you know what we're alluding to. We'll get there. We'll get to the, the king is in the building. We'll get there in a little <laughs> bit. But uh, but yeah, I mean, this beer, yeah, it's it's obviously the style is kind of polarizing. Um, but, uh, you know, for my to share a you know personal anecdote or my personal position on, on pumpkin beers now, I had like an embargo on them for years, and have since in my in my older in my advanced age just been like I don't have an energy to to dislike anything anymore for an extended period of time. At least most things. So I'm well, I'm diving in head first into the pumpkin beers, John. I'm in there. I'm swimming around pumpkin everything. Every time my wife goes to Trader Joe's, I'm, whatever they have, pumpkin mac and cheese. Let's try it. Let's see what what's the worst that could happen. We have mac and cheese. Uh, (laughs) Working with Harrison to prepare for this podcast has been an exciting look at uh, at (laughs) someone that is fully embracing. uh, That you have years to catch up on. Um, I almost feel like I have years to recover from um, Mm -hmm. from from a culinary background. But honestly, I'm halfway through this uh, pumpkin latte blonde from Sycamore and. I'm excited about what's to come. I uh, I don't I don't mind this beer at all, and I, I mm-hmm. want to I, I want to try more. Uh, that's my general philosophy on life. So again, I'm going to approach this not as a guy that uh, that just di- disapproves of pumpkin season. I want to look at this ob- objectively and yep. find the reason these are so common now. This right. particular beer. Uh, about 1,500 check-ins all time, mm-hmm. which tells me that I'm pretty confident it's the first year it's been released. Yeah. And about 500 of those check-ins come from the last 30 days. It carries a rating of about 3.8, 3.8 and a half. Mm-hmm. Not that that matters a whole lot, but generally when I see a rating, any anything above 3.5 right. means Perceived most of my well. friends yeah. liked it. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, so good rating – First year on the market, and honestly, uh, Sycamore, I'm excited to try your coffee. And yeah. I know there was another there was another beer they released with Gourd in the name. I think it was Taproom only, or so I haven't okay. seen it anywhere else. But nice. um, but yeah, good on you. This beer this beer has nothing wrong with it. Yeah, I mean, fair amount of uh, verified venues in North Carolina have this on tap as of as of today. Us talking about it. But it's been checked in just 40 minutes ago to elsewhere. So definitely it's not surprising kind of the time for uh, for pumpkin beers. And it has just taken over the tap room. That's been like the last 10 check-ins is up right now. It's just been that, uh, oh, Gord Have Mercy. That seems to be ah, their other one. Yep. Was the most recent check-in, um, which looks like just another, another so a more traditional, if you will, pumpkin beer. It looks like an amber ale or so with uh, no coffee. Plus, and I love the the play on names. Of Lord course, have mercy. Yes, uh, puns. Bring on the puns. Coronado makes a pumpkin drublick, which I love. Uh, beer, yeah. which yep. is actually really good. It's a darker yep. one. Yep. 
Uh, Boulevard makes one I'll never remember the name of, but it was the first soured pumpkin beer yes. that I had, and that was a, a really fresh take on one. Uh, I'd love to be able to find a smoked pumpkin beer. It's out there. Um, a couple of homebrew recipes that I was looking at today, Funky Pumpkin and Funkier Pumpkin. They did yep. two different kinds. Okay. Boulevard did. Uh, and most recently checked in, yeah, I did not make Funky Pumpkin this year and we'll see it looks like funkier might also be actually let's see do you um, i I, yeah. I know you've got something planned for uh kind of a talk about pumpkin beers harrison but mm-hmm. would you say that sometimes as a brewery i mean we see this style in the states really heavily of course but right right as That's a brewery true. is is the seasonality of pumpkins does that play in, is this something you have to brew and start making in august when pumpkins aren't ready do you right. often use canned or right. flavors that right. aren't fresh from the farm pumpkins to accomplish some of these or is that am i just yep. am I totally out of bounds yeah, yeah yeah so there's yeah there's yep definitely um that's a constant kind of i don't know a battle or a point of friction or whatever you want to call it but yeah in the beer world um there are breweries that will wait to release their pumpkin beers and until october they can actually harvest pumpkins and make it and give it, you know, 20 days or so, sometimes not even to, uh, you know, from brew day to packaging um, to, to use actual fresh pumpkins. But most breweries, to kind of just keep up with each other, uh, yeah, are using canned pumpkins or things like that to, uh, to yeah, get the job done quicker. Some of them are, yeah, you know, and, and that's, I mean, again, like really – what we're what you're tasting in these beers, if you're tasting anything, is almost certainly the spices that are added at the end of the boil. Um, but yeah, that is something that a lot of breweries kind of in the in the interwebs. I've seen lots of debate about kind of you know, fresh versus canned, and what's better or worse. And I would submit that you're probably not going to be able to tell. And really, what you're tasting is the spices, which are. You know, that'd be great to ground up some fresh, you know, vanilla and cinnamon and all that stuff. I think that would maybe matter even more than the pumpkin. But yeah, most breweries you're seeing because they release these things in August are using canned pumpkins. It's just not, we can't pick them yet. So true. And honestly, if you told me that you had a stout with cinnamon and vanilla and hazelnut and uh, nutmeg, I would be excited for that any time right, of the year. Right. Yeah. It's definitely, um, but again, and we'll kind of talk about this a little bit more as you go through these uh, these beers. But there, I really like pumpkin as a adjunct, which is what it is. It's another source of sugar to make alcohol. I think it's cool. It does impart some flavor. I don't want to say it doesn't. Um, but again, like when we when people talk about pumpkin spice latte, like the spice is the is the keyword. If they don't know that. Uh, when they're telling you about it, that's what they are craving. It's delicious, though. Right. That part, um, yep, I'm starting to become right. a fan. Right, exactly. I chugged one the other day, just chugged at the park, and I was running around, <laughs> just climbing up the slide, getting yelled at by the other adults. <laughs> but I was having fun. <laughs> just bowling kids out of the way. Uh, <laughs> speaking of having fun, let's move on to number the yeah. second beer. Yes, number B, uh, beer number dose. Which is one that I love, uh, and I'm excited that we're drinking it now as John opens this this sucker up. We'll see how she does. Oh, I played a little nicer than the last one. Um, so this is Pumpkin Pie Porter from Deep River Brewing out in Clayton, N.C. 
It is a pumpkin beer, about 5.9% ABV, and it's a porter brewed with real pumpkin and your favorite pumpkin pie spices. Pretty straightforward, but the kind of key differentiator here is that it's a porter. Um, so not, you know, the ba- again, the traditional kind of amber or brown ale base you see from a lot of uh, uh, breweries, and they talk about a pumpkin beer, Deep River, took a long walk through the dark woods and or in, was inspired, I guess, to make a darker beer. And this, I absolutely love it. I think it, as we'll drink it, I'm excited to see what John thinks of it. But it's one that I grab a four-pack of every year at least. Sometimes I'll grab a couple four-packs and sit on it. Because I, I, the kind of sad postscript to this season is that I always want pumpkin beers like around Thanksgiving. And by then, they're all gone. So true. So I have to like stock up and grab a couple four-packs or six-packs, whatever it is, just put them in a closet and then throw them in the week before or day before Thanksgiving and enjoy them with that meal and the couple of days off that I usually take for myself because that's when I really want it. I love how these things drink with, you know, cranberry sauce and stuffing and, and all that, all those other wonderful flavors. At the Thanksgiving table, uh, my, my, I grew up, I remember my family drinking Concord wine and mm. rosé. Mm. We were not fancy, but Thanksgiving <laughs> we tried. Um, as yes. a grown-up, though, at my Thanksgiving, this this seems like a lot more fun – Right. My favorite part, I, I as you often do when you're drinking, sometimes you have to burp, and in this case, <laughs> it tastes great. Right. Sure. Uh, that might get edited out, but <laughs> <laughs> but that's been a huge boon, and I'm excited. This beer is dark, yeah. comfortable. It mm. looks warm. It makes me want to put a blanket on on the couch. Yeah. Um. It, it, it's it, it's it's pretty clear. Vivid yeah, for a yeah. darker beer. Yep, crisp. Right, um, yeah. It's, I mean, it looks, yeah. I love the way it looks, too, which is often kind of overlooked. The, the nose on this one is, ah, it's, I'm going back for more. I'm hyperventilating. Uh, <laughs> John's down. John's down. It's, um, <laughs> I'll save the beer. It's, it doesn't smell, honestly, the nose on this, I'd have a hard time picking it out for a pumpkin pie beer. It smells uh, maybe it's, to me, it smells very close to a regular porter. Mm-hmm. There's like a clove note I get right at the end, kind of like a clovey, real quick, like hot. yes, like uh, it's like like, like someone walked by right. holding a pumpkin pie, so, yeah. and I was smelling a beer. Right. I am excited as heck to taste mm. this one. Let's dive in. Oh yeah, now yes. that's oh that's yes. very much. <laughs> A beautiful porter. Yeah, right. Exactly. With, with subtle tones of, mm-hmm. for me, Thanksgiving mm-hmm. or autumn pies. Uh, the 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 pumpkin pie in this. Right. Exactly. Is, I don't want to say it's hidden because that diminishes it. Right. It's just it's, it's just there, there yep. and it's only loud enough to let you know, to let you appreciate it, but it doesn't take over the fact that this is also a, a well made porter. Right. Yeah. I, that, that was my kind of the first time I had it. Right. My first thought was, what a great porter, and then bam hits you with that little bit of pumpkin kind of activity happening at the end that makes you want to kind of come back and revisit how it all plays well together because I think it's really well balanced. I think it looks great. It also, for me, it kind of does 
this little dance where there's like there's obviously porters and brown ale, brown ale share a lot of same similar tastings, but it kind of like dances between them. I don't know if like the spice is doing something to get it like sometimes it perceived like a little bit lighter mouthfeel or something like that, but it's it's like very drinkable where it's, you know, you, you could just keep kind of putting them back, which I associate more with a brown ale than a porter, which are for, in my eyes, like very close. There's closer th- than they like lived a, on the same block, right? Grew up together, played stickball in the same corner, had yep. the same bullies. They had to <laughs> defeat together. Right there. Yeah. <laughs> and then, right. So I, I always associated porters and brown ales even closer than like porters and stouts a lot of times. You're in a lot of coffee, you're in a lot of chocolate rather than, you know, they're coming out here. Um, yeah, and this is this is incredibly drinkable. I mean, right. I could get through binge watching whatever happened to show up on Netflix if it yep. was a little bit colder and yeah. rainy out. Mm-hmm. This is a great Saturday yeah. afternoon or whenever you give up on your, <laughs> your on your, your weekly day. responsibilities. <laughs> yeah, but I, I know. I just remember really like from first sip, the first time I had it, probably three years ago, I moved down here for the first time being like, well, that is one that I'm going to be excited about every year, which is cool. And, and that's actually, I may credit this beer with the kind of lift of the pumpkin beer embargo of my life of being like, I'd moved to a new state then was like, oh, let's see what they have going on in the pumpkin side of things. Maybe I'll revisit this and my interest will be reignited. And sure enough, it was uh, thanks to this pumpkin pie porter. It is. Yeah. Pumpkin pie. It is um, the body of it, of it being a, a bigger beer than a, a, like a brown ale or an amber ale does lend it to that kind of mouthfeel of a nice big old slice of pumpkin pie. Yeah. I, 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 I very much, um, I can't get over how one, how different this beer is mm-hmm. than the first, right. right? Yes. They're both on the shelf as pumpkin beers. Right. One's a porter, one's a blonde ale, one of them was very much, I feel like, um, if you're that person who is excited for your first pumpkin spice latte of the season, yeah. then you're probably going to absolutely love, love. that uh, cold brew pumpkin latte from Sycamore or your own local variant of that. Right. Whereas this beer here, for someone like me that's kind of on the fence, this is very much like drinking a regular beer with mm-hmm. pumpkin inspiration. Mm-hmm. This This one I know... Um, that uh, Deep Deep River mentions they make use of real pumpkin with this sure. beer. Yep. And I know that's probably not something I have the palate to pick out, but yeah. um, but yeah. I'm, I'm latching on to that. Right. And it's it's had overall almost 9,000 check-ins, 7,000 unique, 244 this month, uh, which is solid for a beer that probably would not go out of North Carolina. Let's see what Untap's saying. Probably... Almost every single check-in I'm seeing location, yeah, is in North Carolina that has this guy. So being one state and doing that well um, carries about a 3.63 rating, which, again, we don't. It just kind of directionally tells you that it's it's solid. But, yeah, I mean, it's, and checked in is up six minutes ago from someone else uh, as we were recording this podcast. Mark nice. J, enjoying it. Um, good stuff, he says. Indeed. One thing I I, I made a point. Uh, I know we have to kind of reference here. We'll call it the pumpkin in the room. Um, you know, <laughs> yes. we've been asking for feedback on social right. media, yeah, yeah. and and thank you. Uh, a lot a, a, a lot of you submitted requests, and uh, to my surprise, I think the most requested beers we tallied Instagram and mm-hmm. Facebook and mm-hmm. Twitter. 
direct messages on untapped. There was some emails to the support team. Um, The most requested pumpkin beer was Rosemary's baby. Right. And I have to assume that's from two roads off the top of my head. Of course. And so believe it or not, untapped. Yes. uh, The world's largest beer app and community, John and Harrison in North Carolina <laughs> were not able to procure Rosemary's baby as it is not even found in this state. Nope. Um, yeah. So I'm going to I'm going to use that and just kind of leverage again how important local can be um, for for craft brewery. Obviously, you've got some of the bigger um, breweries. Sam Adams makes a pumpkin beer, as does again most everyone. Right. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with them. But in this case, your most requested beer was one that we weren't even able to fulfill. I don't want you to think that we're ignoring that feedback. Right, right, right. As I'm diving into beer number two, I would love to try a, a hundred more. Does that sound vain of yes, me? No, it sounds uh, good. It sounds about, we got time. We can make that happen. But uh, but didn't want to, I didn't want uh, to, right. to, to forget to address that. Of I course. Think your feedback is, is one of the things if not the most important issue, Harris and I, every time we sit down to try and plan the next episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so thank you for that. And I think, uh, you know, we get to our final beer. Uh, that's going to fulfill a lot of people's requests. So I think Absolutely. we owe it to the king. Yep. And yeah, and, and I've had, I grew up in Connecticut and spent some of my adult years there, which is where Two Roads is located. Actually, that's in the town next to where my parents live. So I've had Rosemary's Baby a lot. And it's I get why it's requested. It is... It's labeled as a traditional pumpkin ale by them, but it is kind of it really dances that amber ale brown ale line. It's kind of dark and ambery and, and thick looking. But yeah, wish we could grab it maybe next year. They do a couple of cool variants of it as well. They have like a rum barrel aged one, I think, and Rosemary's other baby, which is like a play on I don't know if they make that anymore. It's like a imperial version. Oh wow. Of it, which is cool. Um so yeah, definitely a a great beer. There are there are tons. And again, today's kind of if you take a theme away from today, it's that a pumpkin beer is, doesn't have to just be an amber-looking, spicy thing. We're drinking porters and coffee in it, and you know, uh, but the beers you have today is, uh, as, as well as all those traditional spices. So yeah, go seek out your own and, and dig into Untap because there's tons of really cool, similar beer recommendations and variants of certain pumpkin beers that we're tasting or talking about that be able to find that may change your perception on what a pumpkin beer actually is. Cause it's a huge category. So true. It's huge. So it's huge. true. And one of the things I love using untapped for is to figure out, you know, can I get Rosemary's baby near me? Mm-hmm. Okay. Can I ask my friends nearby to find that beer? Yep. And using untapped has been a great resource for that. Um, and, and not to go too far down uh, a rabbit hole, but uh, the feedback we get from drinking socially listeners is amazing. Uh, oh, yeah. It, we, I think we all can very much agree that we have a unique or personal but shared love of beer, good, subjective or objective, but just good, enjoy the the experience that comes with that. And for me, two beers in with a big one on the way, uh, this has been this has been eye opening, and it does leave me excited to try other conceptions of what a pumpkin beer can be. I might have made the word conceptions no, up right now, or used it improperly. But Harrison's no, nodding. No, it sounds exactly the the way it should be. It sounds great. I know what you mean, John. We all understand. On the same, on the all eating from the same pie tonight. 
Um, but yeah, again, pumped. I got to grab one of these because this one, I think this beer eluded me last year a little bit. I was lucky to grab a four pack, but that was it. So I'm glad we got some, uh, some in today and we'll be looking for more. We're supposed to get a nice cold front coming in this weekend. So it might finally be time to crack some of these guys open, let up the fire pit, set side with the dogs. One of the uh, beers, as, I, as I'm drinking through this one here, one of the beers that kind of caught my eye this year, I think I missed it last year, but uh, New Belgium does a, yes. a voodoo series uh, with their Ranger IPAs. There's an Atomic Pumpkin. And now I kind of, I'm, I'm excited to try and find it. It's a pumpkin mm-hmm. ale, um, which for me is a blanket term, but they um, mentioned that this one's uh, brewed with cinnamon and habaneros. Yeah, So chiles. let's talk about how weird can we get with these. That sounds incredible. Right. Yeah, Michael S. from five minutes ago, really interesting. Cinnaburn is what he said. That's a great comment. Yeah. Good one, Michael S. Probably nailing that. But yeah, it looks super light from the pictures I'm seeing. It's a special release. Yep, Atomic Pumpkin. I love to get my hands on that. Again, it's just a cool style. I'm, I'm, it's exciting to see these breweries get creative with it and and reinvent it and use it as kind of a canvas, which is what it should be. It's just an ingredient, you know. We've all seen Top Chef. We know that you make anything out of a pumpkin. Um, so if, true. If you're a skilled, you know, skilled in your craft. So cool to see that New Belgium is doing this, and I'm sure it's excellent as all their uh, all their beers are. Um, but yeah, it's on my list, John, as well to kind of seek this guy out. I think I might be following on Untapped, and uh, it's available at uh, a few locations not too far away, I believe. Yeah, and it seems like it. Well, we I know with New Belgium, they're they're uh, ample enough to hand. They're yeah, I've seen them getting checked in in Oklahoma and all over. Pretty yeah. much, uh, pretty much anywhere uh, the beer gets checked in. So that's actually, I think that's a, a pretty cool thing that you've got. Um, you know, breweries that have been able to grow and continue to be innovative. I, they're probably not the only brewery that put habanero in a beer or a pumpkin no. beer, but I, I think it's really cool that that's one where, you know, I could drink that and my family who lives across the country would should be able to get their hands on it. And we could still compare notes and kind of share that beer together. Yeah. I think that's a lot of fun. Yep. Yeah. Another great way to use untapped kind of just... Yep, making that your beer network as big and but also as connected as possible. It's very cool. Yeah, how's this thing as it's warming yep. up, Harris? Yep. And you getting pumpkins, more flavor out yeah, of it? Pumpkins coming out a little bit more. That's what I mean about. I don't know if it's my perception or what's going on, but as it drinks, it drinks almost even smoother. I get more of the toffee chocolate notes coming out from the base beer, and the toffee jumps right into that kind of pumpkin spice. It's almost there's like a almost like a pumpkin cru- like a graham cracker crust flavor coming from something. Yes, like the, the pie crust. Maybe the, the uh, cr- uh, exactly. Of right. course, it's the pie <laughs> crust. Uh, but yeah, silly me. But there's it's it's all I'm getting that more like a nice kind of it finishes on this interesting semi sweet bready note, not cloying sweet, like just there in a, a noticeable way that's not when you open this thing up as it kind of warms up here a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm very familiar with this beer. This is as you've as I've been uh, reminiscing, one that jumps in my cart every uh, as soon as I see it every season. But yeah, definitely warming up nicely. Digging it right now. Great color, man. Great kind of different hues in it as well of some oranges and reds and all that stuff that you expect from a a beer like this. Looks great. Smells great. Tastes great. Boom. 
Boom. Nailed it. Um, there's there's not a lot wrong with this beer. As I'm trying <laughs> to finish it. mine up here, um, I'm just going to take a second and cruise through Drinking Socially, the Facebook group. Yeah. We had Mike Donahoe on with us last time, owner of Session Beer Market. Mike gave us a great recommendation for French fries. And <laughs> on, the, uh, on the podcast, uh, Alan cracked me up as he remarked about Mike breaking the podcast with yep. his vinegar recommendation. <laughs> and um, who is it? Uh, one of the uh, followers of the, of the Facebook group, Brandon, awesome suggestion, mayonnaise with curry powder, chili powder, or paprika on oh, the French yeah, fries. Yeah. That automatically makes me hungry. Sure. Um, yeah, a little spicy fry action. We had a beautiful photo come from Andrew, who uh, actually acted on and made me really jealous. He's got a French press. He's got cinnamon yes. toast crunch, the churros version. Andrew, thank you very much. My wife saw that, and now I now have that same cereal in my pantry. <laughs> um, a win Was um, an epi stout and uh, infused it with the cinnamon toast crunch churros cereal in mm-hmm. a french press i have to imagine that was amazing yeah i'd be i know we're excited and that's got that definitely caught our eyes so just keep your ears of the podcast in the near to not so not so distant nearish kind of future maybe messing around with some french presses of our own we'll see though i'm really excited for that day and to see what crazy culinary <laughs> ingredients harrison brings to the group uh, a couple, two other things I wanted to mention. Um, Elsa going to Nashville. We saw a couple of recommendations. Bearded Iris came up a few times. Mm-hmm. I think uh, if there's a brewery that I'm really excited about, it'd be yeah. Bearded Iris. Good stuff. Um, Southern Grist, Fat Bottom, uh, Vinyl Tap. A couple of good <laughs> recommendations from some uh, other Nashville-associated podcast listeners. And finally... Matt, uh, one of the biggest contributors on the Drinking Socially Facebook group. Congratulations, Matt. Yes. 5,000 unique check-ins. Holy cow. Um, and you capped it off with Sierra Nevada's Oktoberfest. I know Harrison Classy. was pumped. He was, he was telling me about that yeah. in the office. Yeah, I know. It's, it's Again, we had a blast during that and it was so exciting. And the Oktoberfest episode, it was so cool, again, to see you guys respond as you did. Excuse me to uh, to that episode, but yeah, congratulations! That's a exciting day. Something I haven't even accomplished yet, but have my sights set firmly on. And this podcast is helping me along. But congrats to you, Matt. I mean, it's uh, yeah, it's it's and to do it in such a classy way with that cool picture, we dug it. Thanks Beautiful for photo, yep. great share. I think yep. he, he tagged both Harrison yep. and I got the alert in the check in, and then I saw it in the Facebook group. So. Uh, honored to be yes. part of that, and I, and I hope it was a beautiful journey to get there. Yeah, right. Now, of course, set your sights on 10,000, we and we'll talk to you soon. Right, exactly, uh, but no rush. Yeah, it's all about yeah. the journey. Take your time. A lot of beers out there, but it is an exciting, yeah, exciting moment in, in the untapped user's life to get that 5K and do it with a beer we'll probably never see again. I mean, that beer, it with Bitburger, and that's it. I'll never do it again. As far as, well, maybe someday. I never say never, but a good one to do it with. Um, True. Unless you hold on to it from this year. You could, but let's not. Too many other beers to drink to hold on to them. Don't do what I do and hide them behind a couch. (laughs) Not doing anyone any good. It's handy in certain survival situations. Right, right, right. 
I'll be real drunk in the apocalypse, John. Real. <laughs> we all should beer. be. We all should hope to be. <laughs> all right, Harrison, I think it's time. <sighs> Looks like it. I've got in front of me, for my personal story, the beer that introduced me to pumpkin-style mm-hmm. ales or beers. It's the king, Southern Tears Pumpkin. Perhaps the prevailing best or most celebrated or sought-after pumpkin beer in the world. Yeah, I mean, I think Untap would tell you, would confirm that with just kind of how... uh, Over half a million check-ins on this beer. Love it. I think, yeah, right, exactly. And let's just dive a little bit deeper there's into var- it. Here. I've seen variations. There's, right. They release a nitro version. Right, there's which we tried barrels. to find. Right, cold press coffee one, the rum barrel one. There's, yeah, there's all kinds of really cool variants um, of this beer. And obviously each year is a little bit different, but bourbon barrel aged, fireball pumpkin, as I've seen, cinnamon pumpkin. Chai tea infused pumpkin in the past. Uh, it did have their logos a little different now. It still has that fun kind of jack o' lantern uh, guy on it, but it was when the bats were flat around it back in like the early yep. early two th- or late-ish to early-ish two thousands around two thousand nine and ten and so on. One of, the, one of my favorite logos of any beer of all time. So and is kind of yeah credited with being even though it was not the first pumpkin beer in the U.S credited with being one that really kind of caught a lot of people's attention, really kind of put Southern Tier on the map, right? You're, he's more yeah, in so your backyard, John, than mine. I, I grew up um, Southern Southern Tier is in, for all intents and purposes, a, a small town in, uh, in a very uh, forgotten area of New York, uh, the state that I grew up in, and Southern Tier was the first – one of the first craft beers I remember having and thinking, this is weird. There's way too much flavor here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, it was for older folks. And <laughs> uh, randomly on a date, trying to impress my date, I yep. ordered a beer that was more expensive than all the other beers. And it came out in this large <laughs> bottle. And the bartender put a little bit of uh, cinnamon and sugar on the rim Ooh. of the glass and he poured this pumpkin beer and I'm trying to act like I know exactly what I'm doing. Sure. And I tasted it and it tasted like no other beer I'd had and we continued <laughs> to drink it. And at that point I didn't really know what ABV was. Right. So, right. <laughs> so Surprise. Turned into a really interesting date. And, <laughs> um, and the, the pumpkin memory lived. It wasn't until – probably seven years or so after that, that I discovered the Warlock um, as well, which is kind of, air quotes, a stout version of the pumpkin. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, But as Harrison was alluding to, they've done many variants. But the King is the one pumpkin beer that I know every single year is, is that's the one that that I assume is getting looked for the most. There's a reason for that. Some of it is excitement. Some of it is the fact that I think it's a really well-made beer, and, and Southern Tears expanded. It's, now it's not just the Pumpkin Brewery. I think yeah. they're well known for a lot of other beers they produce, but this one for me holds a very, very memorable bit of nostalgia for me. Is is kind of my own little hometown brewery that is now uh, widespread up and down the East Coast of yeah. the United States. Yeah. All right. Cool. Let's check this thing out. So it looks great. 
just as clear. Oh, we've gotten all very, very clear beers here in the pumpkin episode. Huh. And the nose on this <clears throat> bis- biscuit, biscuity, yep. um, crackery. Crackery, bready, malty kind of thing happening. Not and too almost, spicy. No. It's Again, leading, I'm, yeah, leading more with the vanilla. Just try not to hyperventilate. <laughs> Part of the experience. Just trying to get it all in there. Mm. Ooh, ooh, oh. Uh. Oh, wow. So it does a similar thing to as the pumpkin pie porter warmed up, and I was talking about that graham cracker hit in the back. That's almost where, like, for me, that's where, like, my ghost sweeter kind of vanilla, boom, and a graham cracker right at the end. You that's could, cool. You could easily convince me this is a s'mores beer without the chocolate. Right, but, uh, right. There you go. I mean, the graham cracker, the warm vanilla. Um, yeah. This this beer tastes like when the leaves change color. Right. And it's, yeah, it's not, it's eight and a half, so 8.6% ABV, about 33 IBUs, but not overly sweet. It's kind of all, this is great. I'm excited to see this warms up a little bit too, but kind of the, again, we've said a couple of times, it really has become like the the flagship pumpkin beer of the, at least the States, but maybe the world. I don't have more than half a million check-ins. I couldn't find when I was looking on untapped, uh, even in the office, hmm. 500,000 check-ins plus yeah. 6,000 check-ins this month. Yeah. 8.6 ABV. That's a usually right. a high also point for some. Right. Um, it's imperial. It is rated overall over all those check-ins. I think it has about 230,000 ratings. Yep. Some of them are just check-ins, but... Overall, it carries almost a four right. cap average, which is insane. That's impressive. And and I think after my first reacquaintance with the king, after some years, this manages mm. to give me everything I look for in a pumpkin pie without the sweetness. Yeah, yeah. It is like I almost want to call it dry which seems wild to me because my memories of this beer is it was a really sweet kind of like vanilla spice bomb. That is not what I'm drinking tonight. This is like every spice has its place, but the graham cracker is like, boom. Yeah, the malt readiness of this beer is, uh, I almost wish I had more of these. This is uh, the... the Eight and a half percent, though. It's coming for you. Never mind. It's coming for you, John. But yeah, I mean that's that's great. The yeah, right, exactly. Right. The breadiness, which we've talked about that before. That is like a distinct hair, and there are a couple of different ways you can get to it. The kind of victory malt being a real easy way that does add like a biscuity bread character to any beer you put in. You don't need a lot of it either. Like victory malt pops up right away as a kind of bready um, malt, uh, but sort of a fair amount of other. And actually, a couple of the clones I look up quickly of this, all of them almost have victory as a part of the grain bill. So that's probably where that's coming from, not like a bunch of graham crackers thrown in the beer, which wouldn't necessarily that would be cool, but make it taste like <laughs> graham crackers, but more victory malt kind of playing with the other spices there um, to to give some perceived kind that's of... That's what I'm learning right now as I listen to you uh, <laughs> dissect clones of this recipe is that I love, you know, citra hops are really exciting mm-hmm. and mosaic and galaxy, but victory malt is mm. for me right now as I'm learning this incredibly exciting yep. as as I 
it's amazing to get how it's bready. It's very vanilla, almost marshmallowy. Yeah. I don't get too much cinnamon. I don't get too much. I mean, this is this is easily drinkable. It's incredibly mm-hmm. uh, autumnal. And, yes. And, you know, cornucopia, Thanksgiving-y celebration. Right. That's but I mean. none of mm-hmm. it. None of it comes at me too hard. It's just balanced by this warm blanket, mm-hmm. this this bready sweatshirt that it's wearing. Right, right. keeps it from getting too <laughs> too pointed and aggressive. Right, I yeah, it's a great point to make. And something else we should mention about spices. So when you talk about beer and aging beer or not aging beer, and one of the kind of factors there is always kind of the hops. And is this you know you shouldn't age IPAs because the hops are organic and they break down and they'll kind of you know, the bitterness you get from it. And then a lot of the flavor kind of disappears over time. Spices really doesn't. I mean, obviously over many years, yes, but you could sit on a pumpkin beer for a year and open it up and the spice should be, if not sometimes even more pronounced, um, really doesn't, doesn't drop off as fast as uh, an IPA's kind of hop character will. So these beers are great easily to get now and sit through the holiday season with them not having to worry about the quality changing. And I would even suggest, I mean, or recommend if you want to try it, like doing some verticals of these things, maybe not year over year, but, you know, let's try this in six months, try it in eight, try it in 12 and see how they change. Um, Cause they, the spice should really kind of stay pretty consistent, but other, other flavors of the beer may change a bit, which will change obviously the overall perception of it. But spices are great and that you don't need a lot of them. You always have them at the end of the boil when you're brewing it um, or in the fermenter, but that's not really necessary. You really just need to put them in the end of the boil and they'll um, a lot little goes a long way and they last for a while uh, in a finished beer. doesn't drop off like hops do. If I was talking to my mom 20 years ago, I would again say a little goes a long way when it comes to adding spices, but um, uh, culinarily that right. rings true as well. Right. Although add them early in taste as you cook. Sure. You're right. Um, Chili. This should be called hottie mom. It's, <laughs> I can't taste it. I feel my tongue. Hmm. <laughs> Uh, this beer, this beer is going to settle me in really good yep. for the rest of the night. We'll sleeping in the office again. Um, I mean, and for the first time. One fortunate, I think, one uh, pumpkin was easy to acquire. Yes. It's uh, Southern Tier has since entered into, for lack of thorough explanation, a sort of partnership with mm-hmm. Victory Brewing yeah. out, of, out of Pennsylvania. Yep. So they're able to maintain some autonomy, uh, which I love. But also expand so that even in North Carolina, I can drink most of the beers that they produce. And for those of you even further south or west than North Carolina, mm-hmm. um, you should. This beer is not difficult, not as difficult to find as some local variants. But I also don't want. I mean. You may very well have a, your own local brewery that's doing what they think the pumpkin the pumpkin should be, right? Um, or a different variant of that. As we've gone through three beers tonight, this one, uh, the third pumpkin beer, um, but yet all three of them have brought different memories as yeah. I've drank them, diff- entirely different flavors. 
um, and and a really enjoyable experience. I'm I'm on the pumpkin wagon. I'm going to get a pumpkin yes, spice latte. Here we go John. tomorrow before oh. work. Um, <laughs> it's it's here. I'm, it's I'm here. in. I'm right? fully in. It's in. The cold front is coming. The pumpkins coming with it. I know it's a, it's 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 you know I try to write like I said try not be a curmudgeon anymore and just kind of roll with the pumpkins pumpkin shoes pumpkin air fresheners whatever you got we have to talk about your talk shoes. to me pumpkin man exactly what do you got for me today pedal your wares I'll, I'll take one of each I'm an easy sale for a sale for a pumpkin person um, which again which is why I find myself in Trader Joe's more often than not just grabbing what a, a pumpkin butter and. There's, you can, if it's a thing, it can be pumpkinized. There's definitely an engagement point here for those of you that listen and partake in the Drinking Socially group. Um, I'm going to ask Harrison to start a thread just randomly about the mm. weirdest pumpkin-flavored thing. thing you've seen this season. Yeah, um, I had pumpkin ravioli a couple nights ago. It was great. Actually, that doesn't sound it too bad. Good. It's good. Again, yeah. it's, yeah. Brown it's, butter, sage. Yep. 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 I could do yes, that. Yes, and it was delicious. We got right in on that. The kids liked it, kind of. It doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> if they don't like it, I just had more dinner for me. It's wonderful. <laughs> the dogs eat tight. <laughs> a warm dinner for once. Anyway, we're, 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 we're walking down a dark path. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I just, uh, you know, um, yeah, my gosh. I mean, again, I'm just trying to, I don't want to get in a soapbox here, but, yeah, trying to. Just kind of mitigate the pumpkin hate. That's that could be a t-shirt. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> what would that? What would the logo of that t-shirt be? A guy with a thumbs up, a jack o' lantern with a thumbs up. I don't know how you do that. Um, but uh, yeah, I think it's again. I'm happy to revisit it. I had an embargo for a while, but I'm back on the pumpkin train, and I'll just dive in for like. It's also nice to know the pumpkin train has an end, right? Like I'll drink it for like two, three weeks, and then I can just walk away. You're very correct. That's By the it. time it's pumpkin season, you'll be drinking some sort right. of cinnamon spice winter warmer. Exactly. Um, one step ahead of me. But you won't be able, it'll be difficult to become a pumpkin. You won't be able to chase the pumpkin like you do the haze, right. we'll say. Right, right. So it is limited. So I try to cram it in now, kind of OD on it. Pumpkin New England IPA. I know that exists I'm out sure there somewhere. I'm sure. I'm, now I want to try I'm it. I'm sure it's like a milkshake pumpkin IPA on nitro. Barrel aged in an old uh, cinnamon toast box or whatever. Oh yes, keep going. <laughs> uh, so while Harrison elaborates on different <laughs> different ways to to, I'm not sure. Um, I'm I'm we're going to segment here yeah. um, and talk about some new exciting things happening in the Untapped store. Oh yeah, um, I know Harrison's got a pretty cool story. He wants to uh, share that I'm excited to hear. Um, but as we get there, uh, one thing uh, I, I actually spoke with the staff in the Untapped store. We're about to release uh, Tiku uh, drinking Ooh. cups, Untapped branded Tiku this is, cups. I'm so I uh, <laughs> didn't tell Harrison about this. What a day. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, and we always reference uh, you know Christmas shop early, but uh, sometimes it, it, honestly. My, Come check out the Untapped store. Yeah. Um, there's some uh, merchandise we had uh, expose at Great American Beer Festival. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I still think the hats are really cool, but as we as we move into colder weather, um, there's also some pretty cool. Just you know, if you want to show off your love and support for Untapped, 
check out the store, check out the Tiku cups because I'm excited mm-hmm. to see that. I've, I've only seen what they're supposed to look like. We won't get them into the office for another couple of weeks, but um, check that out. And if you find something you like, put the coupon code podcast yes. on there. Um, that's your best access to get a quick uh, 20% discount Boom. on whatever it is you like, including yeah. those brand new uh, glassware, hats, T-shirts, hoodies, all that stuff. Wow. Um, but check it out if you haven't been there. Even if you don't buy anything, there's still some pretty cool stuff going on yeah, on there. Some window um, and the guys in the store, uh, they they tend to work pretty hard, and uh, I think they've come up with some pretty cool merchandise over the years. Oh, so. yeah. The designs are so cool and great, and yeah, it's uh, – there's always something new there, too. So, yeah, check it out. Podcast. That's the code. You get 20% off. Store to untap.com. That's the hookup. And let's come back Ooh. and learn about beers with Harrison yes. and brewing vessels. Sure. So I have a quick story and then a quick kind of ask or idea or whatever I'm going to propose to you all first one is my kind of whatever everyone i guess maybe overstating this but i would i would assume most brewers or former brewers have a pumpkin beer story that is probably more along the lines of there was tons of brown sugar and i was sticky for days or you know i smell like pumpkins for weeks or whatever it is mine's a little different (laughs) um where uh, and i was luckily a little bit removed from this saw it from afar but will never forget what i saw at one of the breweries I was working at, I won't name names here. Um, the uh, we were using for one of our pumpkin ales some canned pumpkin. Now, in full disclosure, it was labeled as fresh pumpkin, and it came from a local farm that's happened to can it. So I don't remember when it happened. I'm not going to enter into that whole canned versus non-canned debate. These were cans. We're making a big pumpkin beer, and it was someone's uh, either their first day, first week at the brewery, kind of learning the ropes on the brew stand doing it all and we're mashing in and adding all the beers and we've got the, you know, the, the rice holes, which you use for, uh, to kind of make sure you don't get a stuck mash, make sure you keep the, the water and the wort flowing through the grains. Well, next to us, we've got a bunch of canned pumpkin to dump into the mash for this beer. And this, uh, newer brewer, um, is asking, and I'm kind of watching this from afar, asking the breweries next to like, all right, what do we do next? And he's saying, okay, good. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to keep mashing. You just, uh, you know, dump the whole cans in. And I, I see, and the brewer, the other guy who's training this new brewer doesn't see this. He's busy mashing in. It kind of look on his face of like, I don't know if I understood you correctly. So he, his refrain is the whole can. And without missing the beat, he goes, yep, the whole can. And so this newer hire just takes the entire can unopened and <laughs> drops it right in the mash tun. <laughs> And it kind of splashes up a little bit into the 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 guy who was mashing it in his face, and you can kind of see through the fog and you know <laughs> brown wart of like a what did, what did, what did I just see? What am I experiencing? What just happened? Um, you know, and then and everyone kind of breaks up into laughter across the brew house of you know this person who followed directions perfectly. Um, but okay. Maybe, Sometimes that whole loss in translation thing, it's, uh, it's, <laughs> it's real. Now, luckily we could fish it out and, you know, open it up and dump holding in there. But it was, it was quite the experience of like, man, what did you, uh, that whole first day of work jitters we've all had of like, you know, 
Uh, the copier's jammed. What do I? Did I do this? Am I going to get fired because the copier jammed? What do I do? Do I tell no one? No one said everyone? to open the cans. Right, exactly no one right. specifically no one said, said the content. I don't have a, a tool for that. You know, it was all. That's the probably most G-rated version of a mishap in the brewery that I can share. So that that didn't phase many people. It just was a good excuse to wouldn't amazing on him forever. Exactly. <laughs> How many can just, openers was right, he gifted exactly. a secret Santa that found, year? He ran in his boot at the end of the day in his lunchbox. <laughs> so it's, yeah, I mean, it's it's a fun but unforgiving and, and you know, not easily forgetting crew of uh, guys, a good brood team. But that was pretty funny to see that stuff of just trying to, you could tell his intention was to complete like, you know, I want to do the right thing and not mess up. It is kind of, you know, to, to get into his mind a bit, like knowing like this is a big seasonal beer. This, you know, costs thousands of dollars to make. Yeah, if it was you mess good. up, how, it's How you're, big you're is done. this mash ton that you're yeah, it throwing? Was full pro- it was ours. Were, it was an imperial uh, pumpkin ale, so it was getting pretty big, and we had a lot of pumpkin to add to it. Um, so, yeah, like that was uh, – so he's probably just kind of, you know, didn't want to be the guy that – Open the wrong. You can't unopen the can beforehand, right? Like you figured, if I throw it in unopened, then it's like, and it's wrong. I can take it out and then open it. But if I open it and that was wrong, like maybe there's a special can, like it's a like a tea bag where it'll open magically in the heat, like one of those Pillsbury Doughboy cans. I'm sure Who that knows? happens if you, depending on the adjunct you're adding, <laughs> eventually you, you it'll probably open. will. Right, hot enough, anything will open up. <laughs> um, <laughs> even the planet. We know it's uh, done when the can explodes. <laughs> It's like a turkey timer. Yeah. Exactly. There could have all been in the, the kind of 30 seconds of terror that were going through his head. All kinds of weird stories probably entered in there. But anyway, it was funny to see and not be a part of um, and then rag on him for. So that's my one of my pumpkin beer stories, one that I thought would be fun to share today. But my ask of you guys and uh, listening, uh, which I'm very kind of curious to see how this is received, is... Um, if we got any homebrewers out there or people interested in, you know, jumping on the homebrew train, don't know where to start. This is a great time of year. It being a little bit cooler out most of the, most of the world um, to, uh, to brew beer as it's not, you know, standing near open flame in the middle of the summer is no one really wills that on themselves. Um, but now's a great time to do it. What I would suggest though, is um, doing a little twist I have here that I've done before in the past. It's pretty cool. It can get kind of messy, but basically, make your own pumpkin beer, and the base beer is up to you. We're going to put a couple examples, maybe link some things in the show notes of beers I've brewed in the past, some recipes there. But instead of your primary kind of fermentation vessel being a sanitized bucket or a carboy, which is a popular kind of glass homebrew um, vessel, have it be a pumpkin itself. So I made one of these back in 2009 when I was living in Philadelphia right out of college, just at my house with the guys I was living with where we brewed, I think it was just a brown ale, um, put some spice in it, put some pumpkin in the mash out of the can, um, actual pumpkin in the mash, and then cooled it down and cut open a really big pumpkin. And uh, as it was cooled down, racked it, so transferred it into that pumpkin sealed it up and what i recommend doing cut it like you would a jack-o-lantern get a big pumpkin if you can um you know gut it out all that stuff if you want to sanitize it great you don't really need to i mean i wouldn't worry about that but star sand is a great nowhere in sanitizer drop it in there shake it up dump it out and then shoot that beer into it um shut the top so put the top on it and we put super glue on ours and shut it 
Um, so it actually would stay shut because obviously fermentation is going to create some gas, but then drill a hole, put the airlock in there, and you can actually make a beer in a pumpkin. So um, we'll, again, I'm, we'll, I'm, I'm loving this so far. <laughs> Super gluing right, a pumpkin's right. head on. That's all you do. Right. Okay, so it's going to knock off if you don't do so. You can weigh it down with a book or bricks or whatever, but super glue real quick. And then obviously, you don't. I mean, if you're dropping the beer, it's going to, You'll know, um, and you don't worry about that. But it'll, uh, but yeah, but it'll, um, you know, just super glue it well, stick it the top back on there, and then yeah, drill a hole for the actual CO two to escape and put an airlock on there. But you can do this as an extract beer, which you can just make if you have a three gallon or five gallon pot that you you know boil clams in or stews in. Don't need the weird reason I love this recipe is you don't need a lot of um, equipment. That's oftentimes people's kind of barrier barrier to entry of homebrew is I got to go out and get a, you know, a burner and a bunch of kegs and a bunch of stuff. You really don't. To get started, I just had the kind of old pot my mom always made chili in and made a couple of beers out of that before I kind of upgraded. But this is great. You don't even need, really need a fermentation vessel, which they don't cost much, but grab a pumpkin. Use Pumpkin's that. way better. Right. And it's cool. And it's so... The pumpkins you get that are big enough to do this don't put a lot of flavor in it. So that's why they're just not a lot of fermentable sugars in those really big kind of jack-o'-lantern pumpkins. So grab a sugar pumpkin, which are the smaller ones from your grocery store or a farmer's market, and chop that up. You can roast it if you want in your oven beforehand, pop it in the mash, um, and then you have spices as you like. Uh, there's nowadays pumpkin pie spice, which I think does the job, but you can easily you know, go individual spices. That's all up to you. Like I said, we'll put some suggestions in the notes. But the goal of this is take whatever beer you want, brown ale, porter, doesn't matter. Make a pump, make the pumpkin IPA and brew it in the pumpkin. It's not going to be a very clean beer because you're obviously fermenting a big kind of stringy, fibrous orb, a gourd. So if you're going to take it to that next level, I would, you know, rack out of that, uh, put it into like a, so transfer out of that after a week, uh, of being in the pumpkin, put it in a bucket that's sanitized, and then bottle a week after that. And when bottling, um, so a couple of things, I would use as you transfer with your siphon, sanitize a cheesecloth and put that on the bottom with some rubber bands to make sure you're not pulling a lot of pumpkin chunk out of the pumpkin. And then maybe bottle with some maple, maple syrup as your priming sugar. Love or, that idea. Which I've done before, which worked, or uh, brown sugar. Again, things that complement the kind of pumpkin pie experience so just some thoughts there really don't want to put too much stress on it and make a hard and fast you know this is the recipe and do it this way or or else um homebrewing is supposed to be fun but this time of year especially always reminds me of the times we made a beer in a pumpkin and uh you know and it it worked it was cool it was cool as heck it's the house smelled great for that week or so but just kind of bubbling away out of the on the pumpkin in the kitchen um uh, yeah, and you just 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 do it, and and if you're married, ask for forgiveness. Ask for permission. Yeah. Just ask for it later, and yeah, I'll clean it up. I'll clean it up. Don't worry, we'll have free beer for <laughs> right. three days. Right. Exactly. Um, so yeah, <laughs> to get to get this straight, I know Harrison, you're going to give a couple of recipes, maybe for a brown and a porter on yep. the show notes, some base recipes. Yeah, and then the idea is that I can brew this on my stove top. Yep, exactly. With maybe one quick, easy low economic investment trip exactly. into a home brew store. Exactly, yes. You take to, my yep. mm-hmm. take my clam kettle, yep. turn it into a brew kettle, yep. mash in, cool down, put this into a pumpkin, yep. put the lid on with a book or super glue, right. wait a week, yep. and then 
I'm going to transfer want, that yeah. back into the kettle when it's clean or just pray for the pumpkins. To yeah, I mean, make at that good. point you can drink it. Like it's, you know, it'll do, the fermentation is done. It's got beer. In it. That happens quick. You can drink it right out of the pumpkin if you want. We, we did this, an apple vison as well, where we just brew with a, we just, we took a bunch of, not in an apple, but we took a bunch of, just cut, cut a bunch of apples, five gallons of apple juice, unpasteurized, I think two or three pounds of sugar, dumped that in a bucket with some champagne yeast and that's it for two weeks and just on thanksgiving day this is in college as well <laughs> just grabbed a ladle and it was one of the it was the night i wish i remembered more of you're, the you're, headache i remember to, to this day the next your college day. is much different than mine <laughs> but anyway so again i want to stress this yes you can Take it out of the pumpkin, put it in a, and put it in another fermenter for a week to kind of clear and let all that pumpkin debris kind of drop out of that beer so it looks not like swamp water or just drink it right there. It's just I pumpkin. like the idea of filtering it through a cheesecloth. Yeah, I do was, that a lot of times with cooking when yep, I'm trying to sure. get things spot on. Yep. Now, let me ask if I, a siphon I, I understand is not necessary, but it's going right. to make the job sure, a lot easier. Sure, sure, for the app. Yeah, um, yeah. So if I'm going to the homebrew store, yeah. uh, I need to grab a... Uh, auto siphon is what I would ask for. Just ask for their auto siphon. They'll all... Every, every, Excuse me, every homebrew store has an auto siphon. An auto siphon, maybe some extracts if I'm making it easier. So, yeah, and, yeah we'll put that uh, in the recipe. A CO2 outlet. Um, yeah, airlock, yep. To put, to just kind of put an extra hole in the top of the pumpkin and yeah. let the CO2 escape as it's bubbling. Yeah. And now here's my last question. If I don't save all my old beer bottles or have a right. homebrew keg, how can, I, how can I transfer this from my pumpkin to my belly? Right. Like I said, you can drink it. It's going to be a little flat. You can drink it right out of the pumpkin or out of that bucket. But, yeah, I mean, it's that's another, sure, up to you. What's a, sometimes a little more economical is instead of getting 12-ounce bottles, well, first of all, saving the beer bottles you have now and cleaning them out and reusing them. We did that for a while. Get star sand for the pumpkin, mm-hmm. yep. use it for my extra yep. bottles. Yep. Shake them up, drank. dump them out, pour the beer right in there. Um, or getting 22 ounce bottles, which is, you know, you can obviously, you know, it, for usually work out to be a little more cost effective at a homebrew store is getting like a case or two of 22s and that should fill up or two or three fill up. If you're in a five gallon batch of this easily take care of that. So that um, little bit like of dollars. Uh, that that little bit of maple syrup that I put mm, in the yes. bottle, uh, that's what I'm doing, or brown sugar or corn yeah. syrup. Yep. That essentially, if I put it in the bottle and cap it, that's going to give me a more carbo- right. carbonated yep, carbon. beer after a couple of more yeah, days so you, in the closet. Yeah, so what you traditionally do for homebrewing and bottling is on bottling day, you will put you know a couple ounces of corn sugar but in this case i'm saying maple syrup or brown sugar we mix it with a little bit of water a cup of water on the stove bring it to a boil mix it all up and then um, let that cool down a little bit and add that um, to the bucket that has all the beer in it and then bottle right away so you're kind of mixing in this now pasteurized got it kind okay. of sugar water into all of your beer so that as you bottle it, it enters the bottle as well and grabs some of the sugars that are still in there and recarbonates them in the bottle itself. That's how you would do it without, you know, having a fancy CO2 pressurized, you know, 
bottling line, which if my wife should, won't allow me to buy a bottling line, don't invest in that. Uh, um, this is a good workaround, yeah, but it's and it seems simple. like something that I could accomplish and really have ready to share. Maybe not professionally, right? But share with my family some homemade beer sure. for for yeah. Thanksgiving, right? Or, exactly. You know, kind of even yep. maybe if I do bottle it, that would be something I could keep and just give to family for Christmas. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you're right. Like like we talked about, I mean, the, the spices and stuff will really make this beer taste pretty solid for a long period of time. Um, last certainly longer on the shelf than a, an IPA would. Um, so. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you brewed it the, as you're listening to this podcast, um, you know, it would be well ready well before Thanksgiving. Um, so if you still have some, then great. But <laughs> we'll, uh, yeah, but we'll, we'll put a couple of different recipes in there for extract, which is just like literally walk into your homebrew shop with 25 bucks and you walk out with everything you need, um, as well as all grain, which is a little more, a little more involved. Um, we'll share those things in the show notes so that anyone can do this. But I, I brewed my first beer it was a Guinness clone on my stove with stuff I already had and spent about $20 at the homebrew shop, and that's all I needed to make it. So if you're interested, um, but again, that kind of barrier to entry is uh, the stuff. That's a bunch of hocus pocus. Yep. And uh, Honestly, buying a bucket right. kept me from homebrewing for the <laughs> longest time. <laughs> right. So a lot of it's, yes, yeah, superficial. Your brain is telling you, ah, we don't have time or room. I'm saying you do, and this is a cool time of year to do it. So, um cool literally and with the pumpkin is your fermentation vessel literally very cool um yeah so we'll share that in the show notes uh, and love to obviously if, you're, if you brew it up let us know absolutely please send pictures, a picture do it all um make a homebrew account on untapped yeah, and check it in and please, tag harrison in please, and uh, i would myself. love that um and let us know if this is interesting if, if you if you do homebrew right. have suggestions or want to homebrew i know yeah. harrison uh i is is full of experience um <laughs> right that he doesn't mind sharing in indeed. that regard indeed yes indeed yeah so excited to see all that stuff but check it out uh and don't don't stress out about it too much but uh yeah and let yeah tag us in those che- if you're brewing that beer and drinking some pumpkin beers tag us in those check-ins we part of the experience. You have to drink while you brew. Is that part you of should. That's the only you mandate. Should. Yeah, you, you should, should be right. drinking. You should mash clockwise so you don't summon the devil. <laughs> and, yes, drink a beer while you're... <laughs> only mash clockwise. <laughs> don't be that guy. Don't be that guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, so after following that, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm excited to see. I, yeah. I hope that somebody sends me a picture of their super right, their exploded pumpkin, pumpkin in their in their, um, in their cabinet yeah. in the kitchen. <laughs> but, but even if you don't, put even if you don't out. brew it in a bucket, put the pumpkin in a bucket. If <laughs> it, if you're married, right? If you're in college or you have an apartment on your own, just leave it on the front porch. <laughs> Transitioning from there, just a couple of things I want to cover with uh, untapped updates. So um, the two things I'm excited about, we've got two kind of uh, unique badges that are available for those of you listening right now. The first one comes from Grolsch. And uh, Grolsch is obviously, for those of you overseas, even those of you here in the States, uh, Grolsch is a pretty big brewery, and they've done something what I, I think is pretty cool. I'm going to try not to butcher this. It's the Grolsch Rijke Herfstbach, 
which I believe is translated loosely into rich Bach of some sort. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, ruby red color, mocha colored foam. It sounds like a like like a cinnamon raisin um, kind of delightful winter esque yeah. beer. Um, they've actually a pretty cool commercial. What they've done with that beer this year is um, kind of matured or aged it in an old ammunition bunker at an airport. Ooh. So kind of a, a, a climate-controlled environment, aged the beer in there, and there's a check-in badge if you can get the Rika Herfsbach or there's a different variant of it, the Gripch. No, I'm, that's as good as I'm going to do. <laughs> For those of you that are listening locally, um, please correct my pronunciations. Um, but the cool thing is some of these beers you may be able to find in the States as well. Um, as long as you check into one of them before the 11th of November, there's a special badge that Grolsch has built to celebrate that beer. And for those of you stateside or even uh, overseas, New Belgium um, has done a badge. They did their Vote Voodoo contest yeah. on Untapped um, with the Hop Avenger IPA. Uh, they collected a lot of data from that. And, and what they're doing to celebrate now as part of the Voodoo Ranger Hop Avenger series, you have until the 8th of November to check in and earn the Voodoo Ranger badge. It's levelable. So if you check into one, you're in level one, two, level two, three, level three. What they're going to actually do, this is pretty unique on Untapped, but um, the badge period ends on November 8th and then on November 9th they're going to select 10 winners and actually give away some real merchandise some swag nice uh, for those of you untapped users that are able to uh, earn up to level three of their voodoo ranger badge which is ultimately that's you, you get you get to drink a beer and perhaps win something for it but sometimes I'd argue the win is just in the bottom of the bottle. That's right. Um, I agree with you there. A couple other updates on the untapped front. Um, Badges are one of the things that kind of entice me into trying or kind of going down a new road and Mm -hmm. trying a new beer. Um, We're gearing up to release some new core updates right now. You can vote for uh, the badge you'd like to see right on Untapped. We'll put a link there in the show notes. But right now, the next next core badge release seems likely to be Wake Up and Smell the Coffee. It's got a little over 1,000 votes. It's obviously uh, aimed at checking into a coffee-styled beer. Yes. It's closely followed, about 200 votes behind, by what would be the Shake It Up badge, which is a milkshake beer yes. badge, and I also enjoy those. So um, potential to get some new badges to earn, but also check it out. There's a lot of – there's a Mexican restaurant badge mm-hmm. that I think is right now in third or fourth place. Yeah, third place. Um, so, you know, you, you get a chance to vote for these and then earn them. And, again, I think the prize is just in drinking, but uh, the badges help. Last, lastly, um, if all goes well, by the time you're listening to this, there will have been a brand new update to the untapped user application. Check out your Google or Android or Apple store. Make sure you update your untapped app. If you're a supporter, 
Um, there's long been a little perk. If you're a supporter, you can leave longer comments. What I really love about being an untapped supporter is the fact that I get access. I get a, a kind of a spreadsheet to all of my check-in data over, mm-hmm. over the last year. Yeah. Um, and kind of a, a, a flag to fly on your untapped portfolio. But with a new update, uh, untapped supporters are going to be leading the way. Uh, the We're going to be able to rate beers at mm-hmm. 10th of a cap increment. So no Here longer 4.25 or 4.5. We can have 4.1s and 4.3s and 7s mm-hmm. and 9s. Um, untapped supporters are going to be essentially uh, pioneering yeah. Uh, a, a brand new rating scale on Untapped. Yeah. Not, again, I don't. Ratings aren't the piece de resistance for Untapped right. usage, but I'm really excited to be able to differentiate between my four fives and my four seven fives and my fives. Right, um, right. Harrison, do you have any yeah. um, insight or excitement about that? I think I, for me, that's a pretty big update. I've been waiting and hoping for this for a while. Right. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, I'm pumped about it too. I, was, I I see it already in you know people's check ins. They'll rate something like you know a th- uh, four seven five, and in the comments be like you know actually four six. They'll kind of do their own editorialization of like this is as close as I could get to yeah. You know my yeah. my so it's been asked for a lot. And for me, again, not so not so much the rating of the beer, but I'm excited to see it for my own personal kind of beer journal on Untapped. There are a fair amount of breweries near us that release the same beer but different batches of it or batches of it that are kind of slightly different, some different dry hops or different amount of dry hops or whatever it may be, slight variations that for myself I just like to be able to look back and go, oh, yeah, that one was really impressive or I like that one a lot but not as much as the one before it where it's less about the kind of was this beer great or horrible but more about like was this beer you know amazing or really amazing that's what i'm looking forward to which is kind of able to differentiate um slight changes batch to batch uh for some local beers we have here and be able to do that now on more of a precise scale so i am looking forward to that and excited to see how you know people use it as well to just get more accurate i mean in the day that's all we're doing is allowing just more of a for you know the users of untapped for all of us to be able to you know, really um really yeah get the get the get more precise with our uh, our check-ins which is always good and again that release the rating scale the is is only initially going to be available for untapped supporters mm-hmm. if you're not familiar with that the easiest way i learned about it was going to untapped.com drag out the actual computer right um go to <laughs> untapped.com and check it out for me, the the initial excitement was just being able to get some great metrics and data about my beer journal and history. Um, if it's something you're interested in, great time to check it out and expand on the rateability or scale or offerings and your ability to rate beers. Of course, uh, I'm I remain hopeful that it'll eventually be expanded to everyone, but the supporter crowd usually gets first dibs and. Um, kind of trials of things as we release them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, test them all out. And one other uh, quick update on the badge situation: we you are able to, I believe it's a year-round badge, but ha- is claimed more often now is the gourd to the last drop badge to get. Oh for yeah, pumpkin in beers, right? For pumpkin beer, right? So five to level up. If you haven't gotten on the pumpkin beers yet this season, 
Grab five, boom, get that next level. And that's that's a low-hanging fruit right there. But Check them in at a verified venue, drink a Grolsch or, or a New Belgium beer, get your gourd. That could be a five, six badge urn on one, one check-in one check-in. there. In. Love those combo badge urns. Exciting stuff. But, yeah, that one is is one that uh, this year, it's time of year we obviously pop up more. So if you've forgotten about it or haven't claimed it yet this season, get on that. And – Checking around Halloween, there may be, there's always a little trick-or-treat happening over here at Untap. Might be something fun popping up on uh, on around that day, too, on the bad side of things, but you'll have to to wait and see. Um, yeah, what else we got, John? Well, after that, I'd uh, like to end just by making uh, everybody aware that uh, I know Harrison, uh, especially on this one, the show notes are going to hold some of his beer recipes. Mm-hmm. Um, links to the badges we've talked about, the beers we've drank. So um, if you're interested in checking any of that out, on whatever device you listen, um, you can check out the show notes. They're always published on podcasts.untap.com. We, of course, welcome and encourage your suggestions, questions, your feedback. You can hit us up on most of the big social medias. That's Untapped on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. That's the easiest way to get a hold of us. Um, or join our Facebook group, Drinking Socially. Please do. It's beer-driven. Great. It's one of the greatest communities I think I'm part of. Oh, yeah. It's, 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 it's very um, – it's my favorite part of Facebook. Um, there's there's not a lot of bias or judgment. It's just beer right. stories, right. and it's really fun it's to be part of. Great point. Yeah, it's, just, it's all about fun beer stuff. And other than that, we'll see you in two weeks. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>